0: We've been uh, in the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings, as you know, and and last week we wrapped up looking at uh, the nobleman's son and saw where Jesus had healed from a distance, where he had worked from a distance. And then prior to that, we looked at the Samaritan woman where Jesus did his work up close and personal. And we sort of looked at that and then uh, began to look at us fulfilling the Great Commission in our lives and that at times God uses us up close and sometimes he uses us to travel the distance and and uh it's with great pleasure that i want to invite pastor morris uh, to come up and to share with us uh coming from uganda uh, he's, uh i mentioned last week as i read a sort of a bio on his life uh that uh, his uh ministry has been responsible for planting 117 churches i was wrong it's 118 and um i mean great outpouring of the holy spirit in eastern Africa these days and we are blessed as a church as a fellowship to get on board with what God is doing I mean it's not work guys it is just doing going about our father's business and we're very very excited to have this opportunity so Pastor Morris would you come up and share with us and then uh, after he's finished sharing I'll have a few things I want to share with you guys and we'll pass some things out and uh, we'll just take a little bit of a look at what this mission looks like for us as a church. I want to say thank you very much, Pastor, and
1: all the leaders of the church. Thank you for giving me opportunity to stand before you. It is my pleasure and I really am happy to stand before you and share with you the word of God. Thank you. I want us just to stand in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I know most of you have ever read that book. From verse 1 to 8, I want to talk about our responsibility as believers, those who are called by God, who are chosen by God before the foundation of this world. Sometimes I tell people, what is the reason for us to be here in this world of suffering and pain and sorrow? Why should Jesus save us and leave us here? Why don't he save us and take us home in heaven? If there was no reason why Jesus save us and leave us here. He would save us and take us home. But because we have responsibility. We have a purpose for our life Why we are here. And what I want to talk about is have you been called? The answer will be yes. But have you seen the king? The answer may be no or yes. But have you? Taken your responsibility. The answer will be no yes. <laughs> or maybe I've done it in one day or two days. The Bible is very clear. The word of God. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God called the called the prophets to take his word to his people. That was the responsibility. And now when we come to the New Testament. Jesus, the Son of God, three years and a half while he was on this earth here. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, Jesus called the 12 disciples. Some of them were fishermen, some of them were tax collectors. But the Bible says he called, when he called Peter and his brothers, and he told them, Today I'm calling you. You have been a fisherman. You have been a fisherman fishing fish. But now I'm going to change your responsibility. You will be fishers of men. The responsibility changes. And that was the responsibility why Jesus called these guys. And so God has called us, given us a responsibility now, I don't just turn our eyes into the book of Isaiah, a prophet, a great man of God. Isaiah was called during the time when Hosea was a ruler. Hosea was a great, great man. The Bible tells us he fought many wars and he defeated many wars. And you know, sometimes when you become a powerful man, everyone talk about you. Everyone wants to turn his eyes to see you because you're a powerful man. He was a powerful man that God called Isaiah at that time. But Isaiah is trying to tell us something. What is Isaiah saying? Isaiah is now telling us that when Hosea died, I saw the king. He doesn't tell us how long, but he said when Hosea died. I saw the king. I saw him seated on the throne. Exalted on high. And the train of his robe. Faced the temple. You see. When Isaiah died. I saw the king. And so he said I saw him. He saw Jesus seated on the throne. Uplifted on high. And he said. Above him were the seraphims. He said these Pharisees. He saw them above the throne of God. And these paraffins were calling the name of the Lord. They call each other. And they were saying these words. They were worshiping God and saying, holy, holy is God almighty. His presence filled the whole world up. I want you just to meditate in your mind and ask yourself this question. These are pherophones which have been before God. These pherophones have been before God. And I say, when he sees them, they had six wings. And the Bible said the six wings, two were for flying and two were covering their feet and two are covering their face. They have been before the throne of God since they were created. These are angels before God. They have never seen the face of the Lord. Why? God doesn't take them holy. God is 100% holy. Angels were never 100% holy. Look at them. They are before God. But the Bible says, I say, it say, it say, it say, look at these angels. They were calling upon each other and say, oh, Holy, holy is God Almighty. My brothers, I want to tell you something. They are worshiping God every day, nonstop. Many times we don't want to worship God, do we? Many times we don't want even to pray when we are going to eat. We only pray when we are going to eat. We are very tired. But I want to tell you something. We will be worshiping God day and night. Why don't we start now? Why are, why are we forced to worship our God? Whom when we leave the world we are going to worship Every day, nonstop, 24 hours. we will be saying, holy, holy is God almighty. He's the king, of king, and the lord of lords. Now look at these angels. They are worshiping God. How many times do you worship him? Do you only say, Lord, thank you for the food, amen. When you are going to sleep, you just fall on the bed. I'm very tired. Thank you, Lord. But I want you to see. What these angels are saying, they are calling each other and they're saying, holy, holy, his presence filled the universe. I want you to know today, because of the being of God, this world existed. Because of God, we are here. Some of us don't think that even before this world was created, God was there. He was. He was there even before Adam was there. Even before Eva was there, then what does you tell? What what tells what tells you in your mind? He is my creator, he is my king, he was there without which means God could do without us. Can you believe that? Because he was there minus us, and so you can't say, I cannot be there without God. I cannot be there, I can be by the Bible. Tells us there's no one under the sun. Who live by himself. Either is a believer. Either is an unbeliever. Because of the being of God. And his presence. That's why we live. That's why we walk. That's why we talk. That's why we sleep. That's why we wake up alive. This morning you wake up alive. Because, because of the being of God. If God was not there. Let me tell you something here. I want to tell you something. If God removed the spirit. Out of us now. What would happen? Who could pick these instruments? Who would all gone? So there's no one, brothers. Even those people who are moving in the cars who are saying God is not there. They have, the Bible says a fool has said there's no God. God is there, that's why they are moving. They cannot even wake up. Sometimes we sleep at night and our mouths are open and the saliva are falling. But the box does not fall in our house. Why? Because God keeps us. He protects us. He cares for us. His presence fills the universe. He gives us air to breathe. Cool air we breathe. We walk everywhere we go. Because our God is a living God. And that's is what Isaiah wants you also to know. But the Bible says, Isaiah, as he was looking at these seraphims, as they were calling and saying, Holy, Holy God. Because of the sound of their voices, Isaiah say, as they were calling upon each other, the doorposts and the threshing floor shook. And when it shook, the temple was open and it was filled with smoke. He saw the smoke and Isaiah said, Isaiah woe unto me. He cried, I am a man of unclean limbs. I live among a people who have unclean limbs like me. I have seen the king, almighty God. The Bible says Isaiah saw the king. He saw the Lord almighty and he saw himself. He did not know that he's not done. You know, many believers, sometimes, do you know why we relax up? We thought we are finished. Have we really finished? No. We have not finished. We are in a journey. Isaiah said, when he saw the king, he said, I am a man who is undone. A man of unclean limbs. And even the, my brothers and my sisters, do you still speak like the people of the world? Huh? Do you speak like the people of the world? How do you speak to your wife? Do you speak with her in a convoy? Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. The people of the world. <laughs> That's how I used to speak before I got saved. You know what? This is what Isaiah is saying. How do you speak to people? Do you get mad the way you used to get mad to people when before you became a Christian? Oh, now you are slow and humble because you are a son. And a daughter of God. Isaiah is saying this. I'm a man of unclean limbs. I am undone. Why? Because he saw the glory of the Lord. God cleanses him. After God cleanses him. The Bible says Isaiah cried. And as he was continuing crying. One of the seraphim flew. With a a live call. From the altar with a tongue of fire. And touch his mouth. And he say Isaiah, I've touched your mouth and your live. Today, your guilt is gone. Your sins have been paved away. Your sins have been atoned for. Brother Jesus went on the cross and atoned for our sin. And our sins are forgiven. But are you happy? Yes. Ah no. <laughs> If you are happy, in our country, when you are happy, you say, hallelujah. You know, I want you to understand this. The Bible, the word of, look at Isaiah. Isaiah is seeing all this when Isaiah died, died, he saw the king. And as Isaiah was waiting, after he has been cleansed in his sin, purified from his unrighteousness, the Bible says he wait to hear. The Bible says he had a voice. Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? As I say, Lord, I'm here, send me. He did not ask, whom do I go with? He remember Moses when God wanted to call him. Do you know what he said? God, send someone. Me, I'm a stammerer. And God said, Go, Moses. Joshua, go with him. He will turn page for you. Go. When God called Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, God, I'm just a young man. I cannot make it. God said, Go. Are you going to say the same? The Bible says, Isaiah say, Lord, I'm here. Send me, Lord. Brethren, that is the responsibility. Go and tell my people to return back to me. But all this happened when Hosea died. Hosea can be anything in your life which you love. More than God. What is that in your life which really comes first before God? Many times we believe as we make us about the things of God and say the things of God next. But the things of the world, yes. When they talk about the things of the world, are you very happy? How many of you when you are going to buy a car, you tell everybody? Say, yeah, I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to buy a house. Everything. You are very happy. But when they talk about the kingdom of God, when they talk about the things of God, you are like somebody who has been sick a hundred years. <laughs> and you don't, you don't want to talk about it. Why is this happening among the children of God? Because we have never left the world. Our mind is in the world. I want to tell you about this young man whom God called to serve him. The disciple walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He talked to them every day. They saw him performing a miracle. He fed 5,000 people. And they say, wow, this is the man we have been looking for. I know I will not get angry. He fed 4,000 people. They said, this is the man. Everybody was following him. One day he went to the grave of Lazaro. He has been there for three days. He called Lazarus from the dead, and they saw with their own eyes. And the disciples say, This is the man we have been waiting for. But let me tell you, the Bible says, when Jesus died, he told them, I'm going to die. The third day I will rose again. For surely he died. But when Jesus died, where did they go? When he rose from the dead, where were the disciples? The seven of them and go to fish. Fishing had never died in their mind. Even though they were walking. But some of them were saying, anyway, we don't know what will happen next. Me, when, I, when Jesus died, I will go back to fish. It never died in their minds all the time. They walked, but it was there. Even us. For sure we are walking with the Lord, but our mind has never leave the world. No. Sometimes even we forget that the things of this world will pass away. Do we? No one think about that. And yet whatever we see will go away. But what will never pass away? What we do in the life of someone. See? This man, Jesus is with them all the time. You know, Jesus found Peter. They had gone for fishing and they have really... Fi- they, have go- they got nothing. They told throughout, nothing. He asked them. They were seated. You know, I was a fisherman. They were seated. You know, fishermen, when you don't go to fish, you are broke. The Bible says, he talked to them. How are you guys? We are fine. How was the... The day has been very bad. Why? We got nothing. Then he told them, go and cast your net on the Right? They got 150 fish, and they are, they, who is this one? They ran back. They find he has prepared fish was ready. hosea of fishing did not die. The woman told Thomas, Jesus has resurrected. He told them, Please, I've heard, but I can't believe what you say. Until I see with my own eyes. He doubted. Until Jesus came. When they were in a room, they were fearing. And he asked Thomas, Thomas, see my hands, see my legs, see my ribs. Why don't you believe? Brethren, believers today are doubting this word. That's why churches are going astray everywhere. Because they are trying to doubt the word of God. How many times when the pastor preach, you doubt the word of God? He said, is it true? Who wrote this word? Hmm. Was it not a man? Oh, yes. But mm-hmm, look at that. And you know, nowadays, I, I always tell my believers, you know, these days when the believer, somebody has sinned, when he comes to you and asks you, what is it? He say Sin these days, they don't want to mention. They say, I have a problem. He doesn't want to say sin, huh? He, he, how do you say sin? But I want time with me here. The Bible say these guys walk with Jesus everywhere he went. But they see Hosea did not die in their mind. They were ever thinking of the world. Hosea can be any, anything you love might be money. You love more money. More. You love it and you don't want to say things going to God? No. Myself, yes. Me, my children, my wife, yes. For God. One time he met this gentleman. This, this gentleman, these two disciples, they had Jesus as resurrected and they were on their way to Emmaus. They were two, they were walking. Jesus came by and they were discussing. And Jesus came and asked them, What are you discussing about? He said, Don't you know what happened? Are you new in Jerusalem? Hey, then what? He wanted to be a more. They are walking and he's talking to them. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet, a man who's powerful in words and in deeds before God and before men. Look at them. They did not say the son of God. Uh -uh. You know, they are walking. You know, they know he's a great. How many of you think Jesus is just a prophet? You know, Muslims think he's a prophet like Muhammad. Don't you think so? Some think that way. Look at this man. He was a powerful man. They don't say, you are, don't you know the son of God has died? And he's saying, we he resurrect. He's a prophet, a great man. He did good things. And that's what we do. And so he walked along with them. And as they continue, he sat with them down and tried to clear their mind. And he asked them, how foolish are you? These things had to happen to fulfill the book of Moses, the prophets, and the book of Psalms. That the gospel must be preached of forgiveness and repenting to the whole world. They ran back. My brothers, unless Hosea die in our mind, the things of God will not be important in our lives. The things of God will always be our excuse. They will always be for tomorrow. But brothers and my sister in the Lord, that is where we are going home. The home here is temporal. But we are going home where we are going to live eternity. Why don't we build the home for eternity more than the home which is temporal? Because that is where we are going to dwell. eh, Dwell forever and ever. At the last he said, after 40 days, he called them again. Because he wanted to encourage, he wanted to make sure them know, why did I call you? In the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 18, after he had talked to them, he told them, now I want you to go to upper room and wait until you receive the power. But when you receive the power, don't forget the purpose. Don't forget your responsibility. He told them, when the spirit of God come upon you, you will be my witness in Jerusalem, which is this one you asked. Judea, Samaria and most part of the world. He did not say, when the Spirit of God come upon you, you will sit in the pews and warm yourselves. <laughs> did he? Brethren, that is why we are here. We are here because we have work to do. Maybe even since, God, since you got saved, you have never led even one person to Christ. Have you? You see? Come to Uganda and you will see. You'll see a hundred people. By the time you come to a street, two hundred people, you alone, has led them to cross. And you say, What have I been doing all this my years? Oh, I've wasted my years. And when you go to heaven, you will see the money. When people, then you will say, another one who did not bring anyone to cross will, Who are those clapping for you, Jane? Those are the people. Wait and we hear what is they say. You know, you are surprised you are in heaven. They are clapping. They are welcoming you. And then they say, John, thank you so much because you spend on me. You left your comfortable bed. You left America and you traveled many miles. You left your house. You spend your money. I'm here. Thank you. Because you gave up everything. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm here. Because of you, I'm here. Brethren, that day will be a joy you have never seen. Did you waste that money? No. A money for eternity. Banked. Waiting. And you will be seeing. When you are singing. you just say. When they are singing, you will say, oh, yeah. I did it. I did it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Lord, because I can see my strength. The Bible say, they ask Isaiah. God is asking this church, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Are you ready to say, Lord, yes, I'm ready to go. It's looking for men and women who will give themselves to go. And you are the one. Before you get saved, don't go. Because he said, when the spirit come upon you, you will go. Brethren, I'm inviting you. This is your Jerusalem. Where is your sister and your brother? Are they all believers? Do something. What about the neighbor? Do something. I want to say thank you. God is calling you to go. That is your responsibility. Never forget. Those who are working in the office, you have opportunity You talk about business, no crust. Talk about everything, but crust is not there. Can you tell them that Jesus loves you and they die for you? Thank you. May God bless you with those few words. Amen.